Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering you to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway Pierce. Valentine's Day to all of you. It is another beautiful February in 2012, and for all of you who are anxiously anticipating Valentine's Day, let me remind you to, if you are uh, in a relationship, that Valentine's Day really should not be the one day when you behave in a loving and special way towards your significant other, your beloved, whether it's your spouse or whether you're not married, if you're dating, you should try and make Valentine's Day every day. I um, did a show just yesterday with uh, KMOJ Radio. It's uh, one of our local FM radio stations here in Minneapolis. And one of the questions that uh, the host, Charles Dennis, asked me was uh, why women sometimes feel put so much pressure on men to perform on Valentine's Day. And what I've heard from uh, most of my male friends, in fact, every male friend I've ever had who's ever commented on it has said, Valentine's Day is such a stressful day because there's all this pressure for you to do more, do amazing things and do some great significant thing for your beloved. And if it's not big enough, there's always the fear that she's not going to approve or worse yet, she's going to equate that to, gee, you don't love me enough. And uh, so what I would ask all of you to do is be respectful and um I actually have a caller, so I am going to pick up my caller and uh, just say hello. But in the meantime, I'm going to introduce our topic for today's show, and um, I will uh, uh, let you speak in a in a little bit. Today's topic is when the sexes behave badly, when men misbehave, when women misbehave. Is one gender more to blame than another? Can we lay all the blame at the woman's feet? Or should we point at the man and blame him for the oppression that led to the women's, you know, among other things, for example, the women's liberation movement and changed everything? And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Call or Skype in and share your thoughts. The number to call is 877-560-6033. Again, 877-560-6033. My only request is that you express your opinions with respect for whomever else might have ideas about this topic, especially if they differ. And I'm really hoping they differ because that way we're going to have a really robust discussion. If you did not catch last week's show, which dealt with the question of whether divorce was a cultural epidemic, be sure to listen because I had a caller who had some very definite ideas about women and their culpability for the increase in the divorce rate. His name was Mr. Solution, and as a matter of fact, I invited him to call in this week, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, he he actually is on the line. But um, as we're sitting there talking, you might be saying, did she just say women are to blame for the divorce rate? Yes, yes, I did. That's what I said. That was part of the essence of uh, some of our discussion last week. And uh, so, ladies, I'm hoping that you call in and sound off on this particular topic. But actually, it's the reason we're having this particular conversation, because I tried to keep it to the topic of last week's conversation, but I thought, you know what, this merits a whole separate discussion on its own. So that is why we're having this talk today. Again, the number is 877-560-6033. And with that, I'm going to open up my phone line, and I do have a caller, uh, uh, last four digits, 2428. Hi there, you're on air. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I did not raise my hand. I was waiting for Mr. Solutions to come in because I'm curious to see what he has to say this week. I'm not in a place where I can, I'm not free to talk right now. 
Well, that is fair, and I'm going to put you on mute, and uh, you can continue to listen. And uh, if you do choose to speak, then feel free to um, raise your hand. And and for those of you who are who might be listening, if you want to call in, you uh, when you raise your hand, you're going to be asked to to hit one, and uh, that gives me a flag. And actually, as I'm sitting here looking, I did not get a flag for this particular caller. So. Um, and if I if I put you on air and you're not ready, that's fine. Just 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 let me know, and uh, we'll continue our conversation. So here is the stuff that I'm going to challenge you to think about today, because we're not just talking about the misbehavior of one gender or the other, but what we are going to talk about is how do we solve some of these challenges and what are the things that men can do, what are the things that women can do in the situation where uh, we find ourselves with, uh, you know, a, a man who is misbehaving or a woman who is misbehaving. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, for this show, I'm going to just give you some examples of men behaving badly and women behaving badly. And uh, I'm going to give you some thoughts, some suggestions, some ideas. And as I chatter away, if you've got suggestions, if you've got ideas about it, then I most certainly want to know. And uh, I do have a caller who raised his hands, it looks like. And uh, this is uh, Liberal 141. You are on the air. Good afternoon. How are you today? Good afternoon. Great show. Uh, I have to, uh, me too, I was waiting for Mr. Solution, but I'm going to come with some suggestions. Uh, oh, tell me. Uh, I believe in personal responsibility instead of blaming the other sex for things like going bad. I really believe that a man or a woman needs to look at themselves in the mirror and, and, and have a standard saying, you know what, there's certain stuff I will not accept. For a man, for me as a man, I will not expect, accept a woman disrespecting me. If a woman goes there, I will tell her once, you better not even try to disrespect me. If you do it over again, it's over. I have a very low tolerance. And I feel like men, if I were talking about my, my sex, which is men, have expect have very high standard, very high tolerance with women when they shouldn't. They shouldn't. It's very easy. You do not accept a woman putting you down. You do not accept a woman nagging you. You do not accept a woman playing the sex game of saying you're going to have sex once in the blue moon if you're married to her. You do not accept compromise. You do not compromise for anybody also. All those things are men. I don't blame the women. I blame the men who let them go there. Wow, wow. I don't blame it. There's always been a saying, I really believe it. You let people treat you the way you want to be treated. If in your eyes, you, in your eyes, you feel that you love yourself. First of all, the secret of any relationship is first loving yourself more than anything in this world. Let's, let's get it straight. Let's get it honest. Men or women, if they would love themselves first and really love themselves and say, you know what? I'm going to bring the best. I am not perfect. You are not perfect. But you are not above me, and I am not above you. If we're going to talk, you're going to talk with each other with respect. You can maybe disagree with me, and you have a right to disagree with me. But you're not going to go above me. You're not going to make it sound like it is your way or forget it. You're not going to make it sound like that. Because if you do, it's over. You're going to come to me as a man or as a woman saying, you know what? I, just, I don't like what you did there. But you're going to let the man or the woman come back with a response and say to you, well, either he's going to say, I'm going to change, or he's maybe going to say, no, I don't want to change. And he or she has the right to say no to you. But what you're saying is if they say no to you and if you find that you have put down your requirements, that if we're going to have, even if we have disagreement, we're going to do it in a respectful way. If the woman refuses to observe that and she refuses to be respectful, then your choice is yeah, do I stay or do I go? And exactly. it's your responsibility to say, hey, I love myself enough that I'm not going to sit here and take this, so I'm leaving. Exactly. And if you and if you stay in the relationship, then don't blame the woman 
blame yourself because you made the choice of saying, I don't love myself enough because I don't think I can find another partner better than her. That's, that's the truth. We're six billion people in this world, people. There's a lot of a lot of women and a lot of men in this world who are great people. You just have to find them. And it doesn't work for everybody. Sometimes I don't I don't understand the compromise thing. People are saying we need to compromise. No, you don't. You're supposed to accept your partner, he or she for who he is, and not try to change them. That's being selfish. Well, you know, and, and the other thing that I think is true and tell me if, if this is if you have found this to be true either in your observations of other people's relationships or even in your own, that when you set your requirements for a relationship and you say, Okay, my significant other or the person that I'm going to be with has to be able to do this and this and this. They have to be respectful. They have to be like this. If you start the relationship off that way, that you're actually more likely to find those women who are going to be respectful because you're not going to tolerate the first time you go on a date with a woman and you get that sense that she's not going to be respectful to you or you listen to her talk about her last relationship and you can hear that she was not respectful in that relationship, then you're probably less likely to to, to have a lot of women in your romantic space who are going to be disrespectful because that's something that you're just not willing to tolerate. Do you Have you found that to be true? Yes, I found that to be true. I had to, two weeks ago, I broke up with my girlfriend because of that. Because of disrespect, because it came to, we disagree for something, and I have no problem with disagreeing. She had needs, and I had needs. I have no problem with that. But when it comes to personal attack, when it comes to putting down some other, another person, saying, you've not been there for me, and blah, 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 getting emotional, when it comes that, a lot of people forget. There's one thing that everybody has to remember. Nobody can hurt you without your permission, people, women or men. We're all in control of our emotions. A woman or a man could come to you and tell you, I hate you, this and that. But you know what? The final thing of how you're going to respond is on you. You could decide to leave the person. You could decide to respond on the same way and have a word. Or you could be man enough to, you know, I'm not going to play that game. You think I am bad and awful and this and that, that's on you. But I know myself so much and I love myself so much that I don't see that. If I am not a good thing for you, I'd rather leave than stay with you and sacrifice my life because you don't see it, because I don't do the things according to what you want me to do. That's another thing we have to be honest about it. It's about loving yourself, and I don't care if you're married or not. So many guys say, oh, I stayed in a marriage because of the kids, and say this for that and that. They forgot about themselves, and don't get it twisted. When you have kids, the children know that mother, mom and daddy doesn't love each other. Well, that's true. So let me let's talk about this was this was really good discussion. I do see that I have a couple of other folks on the line who are just listening, and uh, that's fine. If you decide that you want to participate and you want to say something, uh, just hit one, and then that will signal to me that you want to be um, taken off hold. But for the time being, all of you callers who are just listening in. Keep listening in and enjoy the discussion, and we'll just keep going. And so here's 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 another question that I'm going to pose. And what we're doing is we're just kind of going back and forth with, with situations where women misbehave and men misbehave. And what does that look like and what is the solution? So we started out with disrespect, which was something that came up in last week's show. And uh, I have a caller who just gave us what I thought were, were actually very insightful ideas about, about how to address that and the fact that it's the woman's responsibility to be respectful. It's the man's responsibility not to tolerate disrespect. And it always goes both ways, right? But we were talking about women misbehaving in particular. So here's an example of men misbehaving. And I want uh, any caller who has some ideas about this, I want to hear from you. But... A one complaint that women have about men is that um, men do not take responsibility for contraception, and then they blame the woman when she gets pregnant. So one of the things we talked about in last week's show, I had a caller who called in and said, you know, men only have one true option for contraception, right? And 
sometimes it's really not that effective. So if you use the condom correctly, it's going to work. If you don't, and sometimes even if you do, it's going to break. It's going to do all sorts of horrible things, um, and it's going to fall off, and, and, and it may not fit right, and on and on and on. But women, women have all these options for contraception. But here's the issue that I hear and I have heard over the course of my life. I did divorce work for five years, and I did um, I did uh, I worked with uh, juvenile cases, which is in Ohio what we called cases where you have a man and a woman who have a child and they're not married. And one of the things that I heard as complaints from both sides ultimately was that men do not take enough responsibility for contraception. They expect a woman to do it, and then sometimes the men refuse to wear a condom because they say, well, it's uncomfortable, I don't think I need it, I'm not really concerned about AIDS because, you know, I'm a man, jingo man, and, you know, this is not an issue for me. And then they, they leave it to the woman, and the problem with that is that sometimes if you've got a woman who's got who is either not that responsible around contraception, or if you've got a woman who maybe just wants to get pregnant for her own reasons, now she's pregnant, but now it's the guy who's on the hook because he's the father for this child. And so that's one of the things that you can squarely say, okay, men behaved badly, women behaved badly. But as to men, what is the man's responsibility when it comes to making sure that he does not father children that he does not want. I think the man's responsibility is to protect himself and to use the condom. And to to always use the condom if you're not sure that you're not gonna you don't want to get a woman pregnant. But if you want to be even more forceful as a man, you have the right to ask questions of the woman and telling her what happened if before you have sex and men don't do that, and, we'll, and that's a suggestion. Uh, what happens if you get pregnant? And you ask Yeah, what woman, are we going to do? What are we going to do? And if that woman tells you, I'm going to keep the child, I'm going to pay the child support, I'm only going to care, I'm going to force it to be a, a father, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> As a man, you got to take that your shit. you right there, she's probably going to get pregnant, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like she wants to get pregnant, so you got to take your shit and say, yeah. Hey, that's the only way I could see it. But the final decision when it comes to having a kid is the woman. It's not a man. A man could put a condom, do all this shit, and the woman could do many things. The condom could break. The condom could move. Yeah. The condom could, could, she could start having sex with you, and next thing you know, the condom inside her inside her and you're not using condom anymore uh, many things can happen i think both sex needs to protect themselves the man should have a birth control which is a condom but the woman should have something to protect herself also if she's not ready to have a kid women have 11 birth control they have no did you say 11 11. i yeah. did not know it was that many yeah, they have 11 birth control. They have no reason. So a man protects himself, takes responsibility, but the woman has to take responsibility and say, you know what, I'm having sex. I'm not thinking of having a kid, so let me protect myself also. And I'm sorry to say, if a man and a woman protect themselves, even if the condom breaks and the woman took a responsibility by protecting herself by giving one of those birth control, you will not have a kid in this world. It's about personal wow. responsibility. If both people would do what they're supposed to do, there would be no problem. You could have sex as much as you want. But if then one protects himself and the other doesn't, and then the woman comes and, and you're talking as a man. I'm talking as men. You know, women. there's some women out there that truly believe even when you're in a relationship that it doesn't work. Look, the man, oh, the guy must be ready. I'll make him ready. I'll make him a father. I'll make him do that. And they'll get they'll pregnant. As a man, walk. You have to run when a woman you hear that. <laughs> okay, so speaking of that, um, let's go to a common misbehavior that women have that men complain about, which is this idea that she's not listening to me, right? I told her that I was not ready for a committed relationship. I told her that if we were going to be intimate, 
we're going to be friends with benefits because that's all I really was after right now at this point, either either because that's where I am in my life or because I just don't want to be in a relationship with her. And women sometimes don't listen because what are we thinking? We're thinking, oh, that's okay. I'm going to change him or I'm going to love him so much that when all this is said and done, he's going to run to be in a relationship with me, and he's going to want to marry me, and we're going to live happily ever after, and on and on and on. And so one of the things that I hear from men a great deal is she is not holding up the deal that we agreed to. When I said I didn't want to commit, she said, okay, now – that she sees I'm walking off or I'm off with some other woman because I told her I didn't want to commit. Now she's mad. And now she's misbehaving. She keyed my car. She called my house at 3 in the morning and caused problems, whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, that's something that 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 I think is, is a pet peeve that a lot of men have that I confess I've heard it enough times that I can say, okay, there's probably something to that. So, any opinions about that? The opinion I would say about that is if if the man is honest from the beginning, which is uh, upfront and straightforward with the woman saying, you know what, I'm not looking for a relationship, I'm just with you because I just want to speak with you, and the woman says yes, and then the woman gets berserk, it's on her. Then you as a man have to cut the, the tie with that and call her up and say, you know what, me and you, I don't want to see you anymore. I don't want you to be part of my life. Because I was honest with you. I didn't play games. Playing game is when men, a lot of guys don't have the the courage of going with their convention and saying, you know what, I'm going to go with my convention and going with what I want to do with you. And maybe I'm going to lose you, maybe I'm not. But at least you're going to, I'm going to be honest with you. What I found childish is a lot of guys pretend they want a relationship with a woman, but deep down, they don't want a relationship. Deep down, they just want to have fun with her and sleep with her, but they'll say, I can't tell her that because she can't confront honesty. I'm sorry. We're adults here. If a woman has a problem with honesty, it's on her. It's not on you. And she has the right to cry, to say you're this and that, but you could always come to her. You know what? You maybe call me all my name, but there's one thing you can't tell me. I was honest with you. From the beginning, you maybe don't like my choices, but I was honest with you. You made that choice to go inside and do what you had to do. I never, I didn't put a gun into your head. You decided to open your lid and let me sleep with you. Oh my. Okay, so I've got, I've got a, I've got a couple of other callers who are online. So uh, we're gonna go uh, one at a time. Zero 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 five. What say you about this topic? Hi, this is Michelle Speedway. How are you doing? I'm fine, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm very well. And I want to thank your caller. I, I appreciate his uh, his being very candid. But to this uh, particular topic right now with men's complaint about women um, in situations that um, they broker to be open, um, I uh-huh. think a couple things. He's very correct that, coming to the situation up front, being honest about your position, and having a good idea that she is where you are, obviously you both can proceed. I think where for women and that where it gets hairy is, yes, we say we want an open relationship or we want to just be friends with benefits, however you suggest it be. What are your other options? So is she seeing other people? Is he seeing other people? Is that clear? Because women are emotional creatures. And although I can appreciate being upfront and honest, unless there is two things, a check and balance, you know, we're we're moving along in the situation, everything seems to be cool, and then all of a sudden she seems to be taking a turn or he seems to be taking a turn for a more emotional relationship. And if there's no conversation, and, and to his point where he said men can be kind of cowardice. They don't want to uh, address that situation for fear of whatever it might be. She might go off or, or she might uh, she might be emotional. Yeah, you know, they, they tend to kind of just go along status quo. But at some point as big kids, we have to have dialogue. And the moment that dialogue stops happening, especially in a situation like that, then we can essentially head down a road that's uncomfortable. When she has a 
other relationships or they have other relationships, it allows that to be more casual. But if if Mm -hmm. you're the only person that she's seen, then you're walking into a trap. That, that That idea of changing him or... He's, I'm going to love him so much that he's going to decide to commit to me. The likelihood of that happening is very, very possible if you are the only person that she's engaged, not even sexual, engaged in some type of relationship with someone of the opposite sex. That's well, then, so is it the man's responsibility to understand because I've, I've I've had friends I've had ma- I've had male friends who've had this issue and I've said to them see now here's where you went wrong because what you ought to understand is there are a lot of women who are just not wired for the friends with benefits kind of situation. You're right. You're women right. most often are really kind of designed to love one person at a time. So as you say, if you are the only guy that she is seeing, then you need to be on the alert that maybe, as you're saying, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, and she's nodding and she's nodding and she's nodding, especially if you've been down this road before, you ought to know that you can't trust that nod because in the back of her head she's probably thinking, well, that's what he thinks for now, but I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's very possible. Well, yeah. But not all women are hardwired that way. But there still should be some type of dialogue taking place between the individuals just to make sure that we're still on the same page. And hopefully that is still authentic dialogue that's happening where she can say, you know what, I'm feeling a little different about this than when we first spoke. Or he could say, you know, are are we in a good place? You know, are are you still okay with what we're doing? And, And at the time that that is a no, then we have to reassess where we go from there. And see, that's assuming that we're having an honest conversation about that, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we're not so honest. Well, don't get me wrong. Some of us don't have the ability to have those types of conversations. But somebody does. Why not? Everybody, Everybody in the conversation is not afraid to speak up about where they are, whether that's mm-hmm. if that situation has changed or not. Somebody can have the conversation, and if the conversation isn't what we want it to be, then we have to make a decision to move away. If it's not going, if, yep. if we have, if we're not there, we got to walk away. That's true. Okay, so um, let's hear from uh, yet another caller. Let's see, I've got uh, 8,800. You are live on air. What say you about this topic? Oh, I'm assuming that's me. Hi, it's me. It's Sue Heights Speedway. Sue, how are you doing today? <laughs> Good. I um, agree with what Michelle was saying. And more importantly, I think if he's spending a lot of time with you and you, you're feeling like it's um, – uh, more of a um, that you're very compatible. You're doing a lot of things together. You spend the night almost every night. I think a lot of assumptions are made, mm-hmm. and then, that, then when he just starts seeing someone else, then yeah, you feel like, oh, Wait you've lied to me. Maybe not verbally, but you've lied to me. You've made me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. I well, felt okay, like we so... were in a relation. I mean, not in this relationship. See, now, wouldn't he, and Liberal 141, I'm going to ask the, this question of you since you're a guy and you might have ideas about that. If, 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 if the scenario that Sue's describing has happened and then she starts to think, well, wait a minute, I thought something had changed. If you are the guy, is your position, hey, I didn't say anything about a change because when we did what we were doing, I thought we were still doing it under the agreement that we originally had. So until we have a new agreement, nothing's changed. What do you think? Yeah, and as a guy, it is your responsibility to say to the woman, then in that case, I need to move on. You got to let it go. You cannot change for another human person if you don't want to. Basically, she's coming back with an ultimatum saying to you, if you want me to be with me, you got to change. 
And if as a man or a woman, you listen to yourself and you love yourself enough, you got to go to what you got to do. It's nothing to do with the woman. It's nothing personal. But you got to love you first before any person in this world. And if in your mind you're not ready to be committed or to be in a relationship with this woman or any woman because you made a deal with her and say, look, it was just friend with benefits and she has feelings, it's all, it, she has the right to have feelings, but you have the right to say, I will not accept you putting me in that way. I was honest with you. I was respectable with you. You think we have to need a relationship? Relationship comes with two people that agree on that. I don't agree on that, so it's over between me and you. And that's being blunt and honest. That is not hurting. And if the woman tells you you're hurting me, no, you're not. You're being respectable because you respect her choices and you respect your own. But your own choices as a man and a woman is more important than any choices than your partner. Okay, let's go to another uh, example of men. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about men misbehaving. Let's say the couple is married, um, or even they don't, but let's say even if they're not married, they have a child together. And here's a common complaint that women have, that men um, far too often do not spend enough time with the children and so you've got kids who grow up wondering why my daddy left and why doesn't he love me. And sometimes you've got, in fairness, sometimes you've got a, a situation where a guy says, look, I have been trying to see my children, but every time I get over there and it's time for us to exercise our visitation, she's nowhere to be found. She took the kids. They're not at the house. She didn't tell me where she was going, not because she forgot, but because she knew I was coming, and she's trying to use the children as a weapon to hurt me. And then sometimes you've got situations where the guy is off because he's on a date with his new lady, and he just doesn't want to be bothered to go pick up the kids. So the kids are sitting on the stair on the stoop with their little suitcases waiting for Daddy to come. Daddy doesn't call. Daddy doesn't come. He's just a no-show. And after a while... The kids learn that daddy is not coming. He says he's coming. He keeps making promises. He doesn't show up. So what about that particular situation I'm going to start with? Uh, Sue, I'm going to start with you. Mm. That's happened to me personally where I was the kid sitting on the stoop waiting. And mm-hmm. um, I, um, gosh, I, I, just, I remember sitting there with my pillow and my suitcase and sitting there all night, and no matter what mom said, I was sitting out there waiting for dad to come, and he did, he wouldn't come. And I remember at 16 confronting him. I remember the time that I just, I, I just was, it was horrible because I had all this rage, and I was just crying, and I was like, and you never showed up. And, and um, what was his excuse or his wow. reason? Uh, just, I'm sorry, baby girl. Um, I've been working. I was working. You know, it was never, whatever it was, it wasn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. But I learned, unfortunately, that men were undependable. That's yep. what I learned. Well, they and, say one and thing and have, they do another. Do you have a relationship with your dad now? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So no. you were never able and then to now, Then after being a divorced mother and then having um, my hus- ex-husband not show up. I think that I, I, I had that same rage with him about not showing because up for her. Because you knew what that feels like for your daughter. What that, what that felt like. I sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. uh, he's a good dad. He's a good dad. And they have a good relationship. So, yeah. liberal one forty one. What do you say? I, I, I say you see, this is a perfect situation of. Men and women not being honest to have to bring a kid in this world, you gotta make sure that that partner is is incredible in your life. If he or she is not incredible, or you're not married, or is she not the best thing that you could have, don't have a kid with that person. Mm-hmm. Because or else, if you do, you're gonna have all those trouble you got. You're gonna have guys that's gonna say, "I'm not gonna show up." You're gonna have women that's gonna say. 
All those things. All those things happened because they were not honest from the get-go of saying, you know what, are you ready to become a father? And sit down with that guy and say, are you ready to do that? Because being a parent is the thing you do for the rest of your life. You're bringing a child in this world. You're supposed, that child is supposed to be the symbol of you two loving each other. If you don't love each other, don't bring a kid in this world. You know, I think too often the act of that kind of physical intimacy right now is not, too often I think it's not a symbol of two people loving each other anymore. I think sometimes it's a symbol of two people who got together and they, you know, the kids, the teenagers now, they say, well, we just hooked up. They did a hookup. And, um, you know, they didn't pay enough attention to the uh, repercussions and they didn't talk enough about birth control and they didn't take enough steps to prevent it from happening and then it happens. And, you know, in society today, um, it's not nearly the taboo it used to be to have children out of wedlock. And, in fact, you know, when I was practicing, I had a number of, of teens who you know, almost set the goal of becoming mothers Mm -hmm. at 16 and 17 because they felt like at least there'll be somebody in this world who will love me. And there wasn't that sense of first I'm supposed to get married, then I'm supposed to have this child primarily because of what you guys are describing, which is that, and and now in marriage it's not even guaranteed that the marriage is going to last and you're going to be together forever. But at least the idea and the thinking is that at least in marriage you have the stability and a greater expectation that both of those parents are going to be around for that child into the long term, which then reduces the likelihood that, you know, dad's going to disappear and not be in the in the relationship and not be there. So with that, I would ask uh, Michelle, do you have any thoughts about that? Well, um, I... Um, uh, I have a I have a kid uh, whose father was absent from the home, but not absent from the life. And mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that he um, he did keep his word. If he said that he was going to come, he was he was here, um, front and center. I say that my son's father was was and is in love with his son, and although the relationship at now, at this point, it's a little strange because my child is a grown man. Um, his father did the best that he could do. My father was taken from this world when I was 11, and uh, he also did not live in the same state as I grew up. But whenever he said he was going to be here in Minnesota, he was here. Um, and so although I was raised in a single-parent household, um, I had an understanding because of the men in my life, what I, my idea of a man should, what his purpose or his presence in my life should be. And they were positive. And even though I had uncles that might have been divorced, their relationships seemingly were good with their ex-wives. And um, so although not married, I've, I've had healthy experiences with those, with my idea of a relationship, but it's not something that I seek, not on a committed situation, but it's definitely a conversation I have with my son. He did see love between his parents, just not maybe intimate love. Um, he saw us being respectful. Um, he saw us having healthy uh, spirited conversations, um, but also to your gentleman caller's point um, with regards to, um, and we didn't kind of go there. It, you you did a good job, Seaway, of kind of steering us in another direction. But when we when he talked when he spoke about um, again conversation and 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 choosing to have children and what your role is going to be. So much of that has changed over the years. And, and Seaway, you alluded to it when you spoke about teenage girls having kids and wanting somebody mm-hmm. just to love them um, authentically. You know, when we think about having children, we think that that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. You know, so for those who, who, who of us who have a Christian foundation, that's what we're supposed to do. And 
and and there's a whole wealth of other dialogues or other directions that we can go into um, with regards to how that is supposed to look in our more um, conversation-based relationships that we have now. It was the assumption. That's what a woman did. She got married. She had a child. She raised that child. Some of the dia- some of the dialogues that we have now effortlessly just did not occur. They just didn't occur. And so mm-hmm. it didn't mean that you didn't love the child and you didn't show the child love um, or you didn't show one another love. But it, that dialogue didn't take place. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I came across a some statistics on single motherhood. And that said, and, uh, you know, you can actually, once the um, content for the show is posted, which would be later on today, uh, anybody who wants to can actually uh, go on the website and, and check out those links that provide, you know, some additional fodder and articles and, and statistics for the numbers. But, you know, I, I found a study that said that the United Kingdom has the highest number of teen pregnancies in the world. And the four biggest causes of single motherhood in general are, and I say these not in order of priority, but they are divorce, disappearing fathers, teen pregnancies, and adoption. So these are the reasons why we are seeing such a high number of single moms in this world today compared to what we saw uh, before. And, you know, the thing that I will say to to my gentleman caller's point, I think it is important for Women, just as it's important for men, you know, if you're going to sleep with someone, especially if you're sleeping with somebody out of wedlock, then you've got to be really, really clear about what is going to happen in the event that the two of you end up getting pregnant together. You know, in on this show we talk about the life manual in some of the episodes, and the life manual basically is whatever your spiritual text is. For me, it's the Christian Bible. For for you, it may be the Quran, the Tanakh, the um, the, the Bhagavad Gita, depending on your religious persuasion, but, you know, all of these books basically say the same fundamental things about how to live. And one of the things that my Bible says is it's pretty clear that you should not be having sex outside of wedlock. And I think you only need to look at what happens when we do um, to understand why that is. And you've got now this unprecedented number of children who are being raised without a mom and a dad. And as a mom who has been divorced myself, I've got two little girls, and I at least was fortunate that my ex-husband was the kind of man who was responsible. So when I was looking for a spouse, I was one of the things that I was specifically looking for would be a man who was going to be a good father to our children. And what happened when we got divorced was, there was never a day that he missed seeing those girls and spending time with them, even though our relationship didn't work out. And so now he has the girls half the time, 50-50 custody is what we have. He has the girls half the time. I have them the other half of the time, and the way we structured the visitation is that they don't go one week without seeing both of their parents. And one day my, my nine-year-old at the time said to me, I am so glad that I have both you and Daddy in my life because when I go to school, I get to talk about my mommy and my daddy just as much as all the other kids do. And I had never thought about it that way. It never occurred to me that there is a sense of separation that kids experience when they go to school and everybody else is talking about my mom and my dad and my mom and my dad's so big and he's so strong and he's so that and that. And they can't talk about that because they don't have that relationship with their father. So on to our next topic, which is, let's just hit divorce on the head, shall we? This is one where I'm going to say I put this on the women behaving badly. She leaves. Here are the statistics that I have found. I found that these are, these are twice statistics, and you'll understand what I mean in a minute. Um, according to statistics, and you can look at the articles if you if you go on the website, 
Um, and for those who end up listening on demand after the show has aired, these statistics are going to be on the um, on the episode for listed on the episode in the audio blog highlights for the show. But there are statistics that indicate that women are twice as likely to leave a marriage as men. There are statistics that indicate that after the divorce, men are twice as likely to suffer from depression as women. Not only that, but men are also twice as likely to remarry as women. That suggests to me, and I've heard it said, and I've heard it said time and time again, that men do not do well at a certain age. They're not trying to live in a house by themselves. And when you look at just the sheer statistics that I've just articulated, that might appear to actually be true. So I would ask, you know, is it a culpability that women have that we are too quick and too willing to run away from a marriage when things are not going the way that we would like? So with that, I'm going to start with my gentleman caller, Liberal 141. What do you think about that? I think that we we gotta get over the fact that it, forever, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes if two people are come to the point that they're not sleeping together, which means they're not wife and husband, they're always yelling at each other. They're just respecting each other. I'm sorry, the relationship is over when one person thinks they both are compromising who they are for the other person. You are not meant to compromise who you are. You are meant to have a person who's your partner to share things with and to bring you good things to be a positive thing in your life, not to be something negative. But when you lose that and you take the person for granted and you start disrespecting each other and you start playing those sex game and does and that, then the marriage is over. You know, wife and this. Wife is a privilege. Husband is a privilege. You don't give that title to just anybody. You give that title to two people who are deserving of each other, who are extraordinary for each other. And if you don't have that, you don't have any marriage anymore. Okay. Um, Michelle, what do you think? Well, I don't know that I really have a comment. <laughs> I mean, um... Having never been married, for me, um, I really I really can't speak on it. I mean, I, in my mind, I have an idea of what it's supposed to look like, feel like, taste like. Um, I don't mm-hmm. believe that we should compromise self or love. I think that it is a partnership and that there, um, and, and when it stops working, we need to assess it. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to run away from something or, or, or just dismiss it. Um, without really trying because I chose this person or allowed myself to be chosen as his or her life partner, however long that life might be, um, knowing that there would be some challenging times um, and that we would need to get through them. And I can't even say, you know, um, what might precipitate someone choosing to leave. I mean, reasons for leaving a relationship vary from individual to individual, but I would hope that for me, not having been in that situation as yet, that I would um, try my best to work work whatever the problem was out um, before I, you know, ran for the heel. At this stage in your life, would you want to get married? You know, I was just telling a friend of mine recently that if I didn't get married within the next five years, I was going to marry myself and, and, and then I could be a missus somebody. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I'm actually, I'm really okay with, uh, I think I'd like a partner. I'd like a committed situation, but I don't, I'm, I'm really okay with being, I, I like to sleep alone. I like, I, there are things that I am, I, I love myself so much that I'm okay with my me time, but there are times where you want to do something with someone. You want to. You want to have someone that you have uh, common interest. You might want to travel with someone, someone who enjoys the same food you do or or, or appreciates a, a wonderful spirit or, or a glass of wine. Those are the that, – that I do desire. But to be um, to be a Mrs. Someone, at this point I'm okay. 
Mm-hmm. What about you, Sue? What's the question? Uh, the question would I was... Be, would I want to be married? <laughs> no, uh, the question was... Well, since we're talking about that, would you want to be married again? Not necessarily. I'm good. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> I'd say... <laughs> but I want to make a comment as to what the... Um, uh, I don't remember, I don't know the name of the person that you were speaking to. A gentleman caller? Person. Yeah, the gentleman caller. But... Um, all of those things together, yes, the marriage is over. But I do believe that just some of those things, some of the time, that happens in marriage as it happens in relationships. I think you do comp- marriage is a compromise. Um, and you, you're not, you don't get um, 100% all of the time. You don't get, sometimes you only feel like 50%. You know, I think it depends on the length of your marriage. You know what happens in your marriage? Is it always bad? And when you say, and when you said um, that it's, um, you're always arguing. Well, over what period of time? You know, it, I think it depends. I think um, that yeah, there's there's bad times in marriages, and there's good mm-hmm. times in marriages. I think marriage is a compromise. So I disagree with a lot of what you said. All right. Well. Uh, Liberal 141, do you want to respond to that? Yes, yes, I'd like to do a challenge with her. Uh, why do you need to compromise when you're in a relationship? Why? Why, why, can't, why, can't we, can, why can't two adults, mature adults, say to themselves two things? I am responsible for my happiness, and you are responsible for your happiness. I'm going to love you for who you are, and you're going to love me for who I am. I'm going to come to you with honesty, trust, and respect with any, with any needs that I want. But by the same token, I am going to respect your choices if you say yes or no to my needs, responses, and things. I'm not going to take personally if you say no to, my, to, to the things that I need. And I'm not going to blame you if you don't want to do it because that's your choice not to do it. Because the first thing that I told you. I am responsible for my own happiness. Nobody is responsible for my happiness. Not your wife, not your husband. You are. And if you, more people would be mature relationships, they would have a better, a better marriage. You're talking well, about... I'm not... Go ahead. When I say compromise, I mean, say you, you have a decision to make and you both disagree on the other's choice, you make a compromise. That, no, you don't. You don't compromise. If you don't disagree uh-huh. with the other choice, you respect the choice of the other person. Give me an example of a choice of something that you should compromise. Come with an example. What we're having for dinner tonight. <laughs> that's not a compromise. Where we're going for vacation. Saying, that's not a compromise. Give me something that's a real compromise. That's not a compromise. That's a neg- negotiation. That's not compromise. You know what compromise? Compromising would be like telling you, I don't want you to spend time with your friends, or I don't want you to do the support that you. I I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I disagree. I think there's different levels of of compromising. Okay. What, a, I don't, what about what about this? What about this? I'll, I'll pick something in in my own experience. What about where to live and whose career to follow? So, you have a two career family. Mm-hmm. Mom works. Dad works. Dad is given the opportunity to move from Ohio to Minnesota with his job. Uh, Wife has a job that requires her to stay in Ohio because that's where the job is. Now we have a decision to make, right? Somebody's going to have to compromise because either we're going to move to Minnesota and we have a deal that we have to make about that, or we're going to stay in Ohio and we have a deal that we're going to make about that. So maybe it's we're going to stay in Ohio for the next two years until the wife's job gets to a certain point, and then we can leave. Or we're going to stay in Ohio until the kids get to a certain age, and then we'll leave. Or maybe we're going to move to Minnesota with the husband's job, and the deal that we strike is, yes, that means the wife is going to have to start over in her career, or she's going to have to take some steps back. But that is the decision. There's some kind of compromise that somebody is going to have to make because, 
we can't see well, in Ohio and we can't well, move to Minnesota take, unless there's a compromise. You can't both have 100% of what you want. Yeah, but let's, yeah. Take that, let's take that example, what you just mm-hmm. said. Let's say the husband comes to that. If the wife has a career and has a great thing with that and she says no, and she says, look, it has nothing to do with you. I work hard to become in my position. It took me 20 years of this and that. you got to respect that. So you got to come with a third alternative and say, I'm not there to change her and she's not there to change me. If she's, if that job is everything for her, and for some people it is, their mission of life and everything, it is much of yourself to ask that person to let you say compromise her happiness for yours. That's selfish. You got to come with a better thing, a better, a third option. A third object, say, look, we, I'm not here to change you. You're happy with that job. We got to find a third way so we could both feel like winners. So because if you don't, trust me, when she's going to move, you're going to feel it. She's going to come when an argument is going to come. She's going to come back to you and tell you, oh, by the way, I did a sacrifice for you. I went and, you, and I will never let you forget it. Exactly. But I don't and think you, you say no. That is an ingredient for a divorce. When the person starts putting you and saying, I did that for you, nobody has that problem. Okay, but what is the third way? In that situation, that, that's, that, what that, is that's, your that's third way? That's what I'm saying. That's when you have to talk about it and say, we got to find a third way. We're not going to resolve it that way. we we got to sit down and say, there's another way. we got to find a solution. Because okay, so what we, do we have to do? Is it Don't we have to compromise? No. Right. No. Doesn't the third way require compromise? No. The third, way, the third way is you got to find a way that both people feel are winning. That's when you have to either sit down and use your intelligence. There's other ways. There, I'm sure you find out people who've been in through this and say, how did you do it? If you don't know the answer, you have to go to people who know the answer and how did you do that and look at what they did. Because I don't know the answer right away and everything, but I'm sure there's another way. Because trust yeah. me, if you don't, you will get from the man or the husband coming to you when it doesn't work. I did that for you and you know what's going to happen. You're gonna pay. Exactly. That's what's gonna happen. Exactly. Some people snap. <laughs> and you yeah. don't want to do that. Nope. All right. Well, listen. We are at the close to the top of our hour, so I'm going to wrap this up. So I'm going to thank all of you, and I'm also going to thank all of the folks who are on the phones who called in to quietly listen and uh, chose not to say anything, which is perfectly fine. And uh, so, thank all of you for joining me today on the CUA show. And uh, you can uh, find this audio program as well as any other that will be posted on the website. This one actually is going to be posted within the next, probably within the next hour or so, along with some additional content. But um, join me again next week. We are going to be talking to uh, author Sheila Ford, and we are going to be, our topic is going to be why wait for sex for kids. We actually did an adult version of this show. And we talked about abstention as a real option, even as, you know, which is, you know, kind of, um, which makes sense in light of the conversation we've just had with the babies being born out of wedlock and the parents not being together and the dad not being around and all of the the problems that happen and all of the rejection and all of the issues that arise. And um, I, I chose to do a show for teens because I have often thought, you know, raising two young girls. Gee, I wish somebody would give me some tools, some tools that I can use to talk to my children because sometimes it's nice to be able to listen to something and then use that as a launch pad for a conversation. So next week, that's what we're going to be talking about. Why should teens wait to have sex? And uh, we're going to be uh, talking about what are the pressures that teenagers face in this day and age and how do we address those kinds of issues, and, and what do we tell our kids? So uh, listen in, and in the meantime, there are a couple of ways you can keep track of the show. You can uh, visit thespeedwayshow.com, and uh, there you will find all the other shows that we have done in the past. Uh, a couple that would be relevant for this particular show would be, for example, we did Divorce, Is It a Cultural Epidemic, last week. We did one previously on bad relationships, how do they happen and how do you heal. We did one on red flags. I knew we had problems when. 
And when do you know it's time to leave and it's time to run from your bad relationship? Because, you know, sometimes we just stay too long. And uh, so all of those are available. You can also visit the website and click on the RSS feed to get updates on upcoming topics for all of the shows. You can also join our mailing list, and we'll send you a notice each week for the topic that's coming up. And um, some of the shows are live, some of them are pre-recorded, but in all things, we'll keep you posted and we'll let you know what's what and when's when. And uh, so until next week, thank you very much for joining us on the Speedway Show today. And uh, until next week, go in peace and take care of one another. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply.